You are listening to Randolph EMC Reconnect, a podcast keeping member owners in touch with their cooperative. And now here is your host, communications and public affairs manager, Nicole Arnold. Welcome to Randolph EMC's Reconnect podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Arnold, and I'm here today with two very special Randolph employees. I'm here with Paul Cavanis and with Brooke McNeil, and they perform a very special service for our members here at REMC. Brooke and Paul, thanks so much for being part of our show today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. All right. So, Paul and Brooke, you are energy specialists. Do I have your job title correct? Tell us your actual job title name. My, my title is Manager of Energy Services. Paul Paul Cavanis is Manager of Energy Services. Okay, Brooke, tell us your title. And I'm the Energy Efficiency Specialist. Brooke is an Energy Efficiency Specialist. So the reason I want our audience to know those titles is because Brooke and Paul perform services for our members for free. They do something called home energy audits. And that's a really that's a really important function that brings a lot of value to our members. So I wanted our members to know what your actual title was so when they call they can say, I'm looking for Paul or I'm looking for Brooke in energy services um, because you guys go out to people's houses and help them out. So let's talk about energy audits, this, this great value for our cooperative members. Can you walk me through one of those and just give me an idea of what that looks like? Sure. We will get a call from a member and they'll be concerned about their bill. Uh, Brooke and I will schedule a, an appointment to go out. And uh, usually the, the time frame that we see is less than an hour. It has mm-hmm. to be unusual. We have uh, had some that are extensive, and it has a lot to do with uh, how many appliances or um, issues the, the person may have. Okay. But we go out. Uh, we will um, ask the person if they can to give us access to a... The, their breaker, mm-hmm. uh, their um, appliances. We make sure that they have everything off to start with, and then we go to the uh, breaker panels and we can check the load at the meter based on a for- formula that we use okay. on the the meter cycles. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so you get a phone call in the office, and usually the member knows there's a problem. Is that? A fair statement? Sometimes. Um, we do have a, a program that we've recently launched in the past, I'd say, two years um, that we've been working really diligently on um, using a proactive approach to working with the members, trying to find um, high usage information that it alerts us beforehand. Um, and we actually will go and contact the member to let them know, hey, your energy usages went up in the past week, two weeks, or however long, whatever notification that we have it set up for. Um, and we contact them, have a conversation. Has anything changed? Have you added anything? Um, anything that would cause that difference? Um, most of the time, it's it's an issue, and we will then schedule an audit from there um, to go out and figure out, you know, was it a heat and air issue? Was it a water leak? Um, anything like that? Um, so we kind of have uh, multiple. So we'll have members that do call in when they receive their bill, or then, like I said, we are um, working with this data analytic program that we can contact them beforehand. Okay. Well, let's go back to that. That is great. I definitely want to mention the high usage alerts mm-hmm. that you guys get and proactively handle. But let's go back to the first scenario where Paul 
got the phone call, and so, and Brooke, you said, usually this is when a member receives his bill mm-hmm. and says, whoa, something is not, not right. right. Something's not okay. So they give you a call, and you say, sure, yeah, we'll come out. And th- when you go, do you pull their energy usage for the last month or so before you go so you have an idea? We do. We will take a look at history um, last year at this time, last month at this time, to see when was that change. Was it kind of the same range last year, or is it a lot higher last year? Is it just happened in the past month or so? And we'll look at our um, our data that we get from our... Um, it's the hourly date range report. Yeah. From our, uh, TWACS, we call it, it's yeah. our TWACS operating center. Yeah. And it does, as Brooks says, it brings out hourly data. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can look for patterns that indicate high yes. usage. Right. As out of the ordinary. So you guys, you guys aren't just energy specialists and energy auditors. You also look at this data and crunch this data for the, end user who is our cooperative member, you know, and before you get to their house and you, you know what you're looking for, or you can ask them, is there something new that you've done? Yeah, right. Because we kind of have an idea of what uh, heat and air units use based on the size ton of the unit, right. um, what a water heater might use, um, what a well pump might use. So we kind of know what those items may use so we can look at that hourly data like Paul mentioned and see what time of day did that pick up, what day of the week did that pick up, and kind of try to narrow down what change happened. Very good. And, Paul, you said you go to the breaker box, and then do you guys have any special equipment that you take with you? Well, actually, if on a standard residential meter, mm-hmm. there is a, a formula that we use, okay. and we use that formula based on the uh, cycles that it takes for uh, a uh, – cycle of uh, there are dashes and when they make a complete cycle mm-hmm. you can tell what the load is uh, by that when that cycle is timed out okay when we time that okay so that comes in uh, handy on factoring based on um, a, a good example is a dryer it pulls okay. uh, most dryers pull around 5 kW okay. that's going to take right at five seconds and we're so used to doing this okay. that uh, some things you know I guess you could call it low-hanging fruit, mm-hmm, sure. things to uh, to look for, what yes. we're suspicious of. And we can cut a particular breaker off. And if it goes from that 5KW yes. load down to 1KW, mm-hmm. then we'll say, hey, this is yeah. where the issue Here's may the be. Here's the problem is. That I was going to ask you to walk us through an example. So mm-hmm. that, that's a great example of a dryer that where you're you're figuring out it's pulling more than its actual load should be. That's what you're looking for, these anomalies, these strange things. Is that right? Can you give us another example of something that you've come across where you're like, here's the culprit right here? A lot of times, especially in wintertime uh, with heat pump systems, electric heat pump systems, we see a lot of auxiliary heat or strip heat, some people like to call it. Um, in the summertime, unfortunately, things can happen where you may have a stage of that strip running at the same time as the air conditioned unit, so they're kind of fighting against each other. So when we get out there and we check check that load mm-hmm. at the meter, like he was mentioning, um, we can see, well, that's definitely using a lot more energy than this, say, three-ton unit should be using. Mm-hmm. So we know if it's using about, usually a stage of strip is about 5,000 watts or 5kW. Um, if we know that that's over that amount, then we know something's going on with that unit that's causing that. Um, so we kind of, like you said, we do it so much where we, we know what to look for on numbers, but um, those are things that happen a lot, especially in, in wintertime with the um, with the heat pump systems. And then in the summer, it, it does happen occasionally, too. 
how about HVAC systems that have gotten older and start using a ton of Freon? Are y'all seeing that? It's, it's warm right now. I'm, we're talking today on a beautiful July day, but it's a hot one, and it's going to get hot, you know, again, we know in August. So those systems are really getting challenged by how much they have to pull. How often do you see that and some older systems that need to be updated? We see it's pretty common, and uh, one of the, as a rule of thumb, uh, it's not precise, mm-hmm. but when the, Brooke and I go to a house, uh, she has a, a handheld thermometer, or I have one that we can use. She can go in and take temperatures at the registers or the vents oh, where wow. the air conditioning comes out of, okay. and when it's hot, mm-hmm. we uh, generally see 60-degree air or cooler coming out. If you yes. s- We have went to houses, and if you see 70, Brooke might say, hey, Paul, this one's only putting out 78 degrees, so you know you have an issue. may yeah. not be refrigerant, okay. but okay. the majority of yeah. the time it could be low in refrigerant. Sure, sure. And the older those systems are, the more they're, you know, potentially using. And mm-hmm. so that's, um, well, let's talk about indoor temperatures, right? Now, this is the great battle for all of us in our homes. I have three children. So, you know, at any time it could go all over the map, my thermostat, right? And trying to talk to them about let's, hey, I know it's summertime. Everybody's hot, but let's try to keep it at a reasonable indoor temperature. So mommy doesn't have to pay tons, mm-hmm. right? For electricity. So, you, you guys tell us, what, what's the best indoor temperature for the summertime? Well, the Department of Energy actually recommends 78 degrees for maximum savings. Now, that is pretty warm for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really all based on what you're comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we do recommend if you, you know, um, are going on vacation or if you're going to be at, away from home for long yes. periods, right. then definitely turn it up while you're gone. That's going to help you save. Mm-hmm. Um, the percentage that you can save per degree by turning it up is 3%. Around 3%. Is around 3% mm-hmm. um, and that's just as a rule. Yeah. Um, but we definitely recommend. Now, if you're just going to be gone for an hour or two, it's not going to save you a whole lot. But if you're gone for several hours during the day mm-hmm. or, like I said, during vacations, things like that, then it is best to turn it up while you're gone. Let's talk about during the day. So, you know, during the pandemic, people stayed at home and kids were at home from school and all that. But now people are starting to go back to regular life. Is there, is it a myth that it's helpful to turn your air conditioner, you know, to a higher temperature indoors when you're not there? Because when you get home at five or six o'clock, it's the heat of the day. So you're really, if you, if you put it all the way down to 68, you know, then, and it's been on 75 while you've been gone, are you just, eating up that energy when it comes back on so fast like that? I don't think so. Um, I think the best kind of thing to keep in mind would be to gradually turn it down, or that's where the programmable thermostats can come in handy. That's a great Um, point. If you, you know, turned it up to 78 while you were gone, and you could kind of gradually get it to the set point that you want it to, if that was 74 or 72 or whatever you would like that thermostat setting uh, to be at, then that's where that programmable uh, thermostat so if you don't have a programmable thermostat, though? Yes, if you do not have a programmable thermostat, then you could gradually turn it down. So you're not making the system run constantly for hours on time. You yes. would start it, if it were 78 in the house, you know, turn it down to 76. And then you just kind of gradually get it yes. down to that point where it's not sitting there running for three hours straight yes. or however long. Right, yeah, because the older units, they, they'll freeze up or, mm-hmm. you know, and then you really get into a bad spot. So... Um, you know, thinking about folks health-wise, you don't want them to be, you know, truly uncomfortable if they have a medical situation. 
Um, but we also want to try to help you save on your energy bills. I, I know that some people think that maybe we're being disingenuous when we say that, but we really do. We, that's, that's a big part of what you guys do is trying to help our members stay on top of their energy bills to keep it affordable. Um, we definitely want to get affordable energy to people um, to help them out. So, And that's where that comfort level that you yeah. feel you can manage um, is the best option. Very good. Well, let's think about some household energy hogs. Okay, some, so these are the these are the things that can really take up a lot of energy and make your bills spike. Uh, that you got to plan for ahead of time budget. So, um, one of the things I'm thinking about is a pool. Is, is that true that a pool is really going to pull on your energy bill? Yeah, different uh, pool pumps have different size uh, motors, mm-hmm. and they can pull the standard ones we see range anywhere from. Uh, one kW or one thousand watts to two thousand watts, mm-hmm. and if they're on uh twenty four hours you're talking about uh twelve to twenty four kilowatt hour maybe forty eight kilowatt hours if uh-huh. it's uh pulling two kW so right. uh Brooke yes. and I like to advise our members if they can to use timers, maybe have it on twelve hours mm-hmm. on and twelve hours off yes, and that helps save on on that end, but it can. Really add to the total energy of the bill. That would be a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Other costs too, of course, associated with pools, but that's one way that we can help our members save. Um, you know, as, as we're having higher energy prices at the gas pump and all that, it's, it's good to think of any kind of way that you can lower your, your electricity bills. So let's talk about washer and dryers. And Paul, I know you and I had talked before about an issue. Uh, you, you'd gone out to a lady's home, and she had a dryer that had a particular issue that she was not aware of, and you you isolated it. Can you tell us about you know how dryers can pull on your energy bill? Sure, and it's hard to get. You can get a dryer. Uh, it's going to need that that heat. So. It's gonna, most of them are gonna pull around 5kW, but what a lot of people, uh, forget to, to think is, I need to check my filter. You yes. need to check the inside filter, the lint, lint yeah. filter, on check that yeah, on a regular basis, and that affects that airflow. And also, the duct work from the dryer that goes outside, that needs to be checked, uh, I would say at least annually, maybe even, uh, more often, mm-hmm. because we see, uh, situations to where that lint, mm-hmm. it has a little bit of moisture content, and if yes. there's any kind of restriction in the pipe, it can clog up, and if that air cannot move to the outside, the moisture that's in those mm-hmm. clothes can't be removed. Oh, yes. So it's just gonna run a lot longer to try to, and then the mm-hmm. lady's case I went to, yeah. Hers was actually sweating inside. It could not uh, remove the moisture. So was it just continually, it was continually trying to dry? Trying to dry. And the, and the yes. electronics were saying, this is not working. Exactly. we got to run some more. So right. it, was, it was a never-ending cycle. Yes. And we actually uh, replaced ours at my home. Mm-hmm. I had been there for several years. And my wife had mentioned how much quicker the dryer yes. dried to close. Oh, and absolutely. we actually put the new metallic. A lot of the older ones have the plastic. And it may have uh, the the little uh, crinkles inside yes. that can catch the lint. Yes. And the straighter the run that you can make of that exhaust pipe, you're not going to have the restrictions that will build up inside. Right. And some folks clean those out. They use different methods. Uh-huh. One method I like, and I think I'll use, is like the cordless the uh, leaf blower. Oh. If you could take it loose from the back of the dryer. 
okay. stick the leaf blower in and maybe put a rag mm-hmm. or cloth yeah. around it, mm-hmm. and you could blow that lint out, and you'll see it clean out. That is but you've got a much easy. more efficient yeah. use of, of the dryer. No, that's, that. I, I remember when yeah. we changed our old dryer out, which still ran, but for mm-hmm. a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and we realized, goodness, this is not any kind of efficiency. Well, Brooke, tell us about uh, washers. And I, I know you and I had talked about the loads that you you consider and, uh, you know, how, how much you're doing at one time. How, how can you be more efficient with your washer? Yes, with washers, um, definitely wash full loads um, to maximize that efficiency. And then if you can wash on cold water, uh, that would save on the energy as far as not using the water heater um, to energize um, with the hot water cycle. So if you can wash on cold, that's always a good idea. That's, that's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. We, we could probably use cold more than we do, you know. So Definitely. you just have to be mindful about these things. Um, and that's that's not something you can program. You actually have to think about that one. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so they, these, these appliances are getting smarter and smarter, um, but, you know, they can't do everything. It's, uh, we don't have robots yet. On that note, yes. Brooke had mentioned, I failed to mention on the dryer the same thing. Mm-hmm. Do full loads because it's going to okay. use the same energy for that cycle. That's a good uh, point. I talked to a gentleman one day and he was concerned. He said his wife would go jogging and she would just show, throw her shorts and her top in and, you know, mm-hmm. she used yeah. as much energy as she would for, for a yes. full load. So he yeah. was going to talk to her about waiting. There you go. Have, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Using that amount of energy. He's going to cut into her whole jogging regimen. That's right. <laughs> so, but that's, we don't solve those kind of marital problems. We're just there to help with the bill. Exactly. And that's right. it. No extra services on that. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. I want to be clear on that. So when you <laughs> call Paul and Brooke, they can't fix everything, but they can help a whole lot. <laughs> so that's good. Um, okay, well, let's talk about just any other kind of savings around the house. I'm thinking about light bulbs. So we, we kind of had a, a light bulb moment. So sorry for that terrible pun. Um, <laughs> when my husband came home and he said, look at all these light bulbs that they're selling at the store. Okay. And they're the funkiest looking. I've never seen a light bulb like this in my life, right? They're all twisty and okay. And, and put those everywhere. And then we don't replace light bulbs anywhere near as much. And I'll, you know, never, that was kind of like a watershed day for us. But what, what do y'all tell folks about that? Um, the best option right now are the LED bulbs. Um, if you have, a lot of people still have incandescent bulbs or the CFL bulbs um, in their home, but the um, most modern technology now are the LEDs, and there are savings there. A regular 60-watt incandescent bulb now with the LED is usually around anywhere from 7 to 8 watts that it can drop down to. Mm. Now, we wouldn't recommend going and buying all new light bulbs and changing them out in your house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. immediately today yes. or anything like that. He was excited. But, yes, you know. but oh. uh, on the other hand, we recommend if the light bulb goes out, replace it with mm-hmm. an LED. Or yeah, if yeah. there's a room that mm-hmm. is lit up all the time, mm-hmm. then you could replace those yes. with LEDs. Right. But right. rooms that you don't use a lot of lighting in right. all the time, then it, it's not going to... You're going to save, of course, but you're not going to see a huge, huge impact right. by doing that. Right. So just be incremental. In, yes, in how you exactly. exactly. Replace the rooms, like Brooke said, that had the uh, that you use the lighting in mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. most yes. often. Yes, I've heard about these motion activated LED lights. I don't have one, but they sound really neat, and that would help you automatically save a little bit more, I guess. Right. But, um, so Brooke and Paul, we've covered several really good topics here where we could all save if we just were a little more mindful about how we went about it. But is there anything else in the home that we haven't covered that you would like to mention so that our co-op members can think about 
how to save there? Yeah, sure. Um, one thing that we do find uh, a lot of times are well pumps running, and it's kind of a, a silent killer because you a lot of times you don't see it. Um, right. If the water is leaking back down into the well, you may not see an evident water right. spewing everywhere. Sure. So that can add, um, depending on the size of the pump, that can add potential, kind of like a swimming pool pump, um, potential yes. one, uh, one to, or I mean, excuse me, 12 to 24 kilowatt, kilowatt hours yes. a day extra, um, depending on the size. So uh, be yeah, mindful of just sure. checking your well pump every once in a while, making sure it's not running. Um, if your water heater is located under your house, Take a peek under the crawl space to make sure you don't have a water leak at the water heater or one of your hot side uh, water pipes leaking. We do see that and run yes. into that a lot. Um, it's a good thing just to just to check that periodically. Okay. Um, other things we see are just maybe a higher base load. Um, members may have extra refrigerators, extra freezers, sure. um, dehumidifiers running. Just different yes, things that just ends up adding up uh, to the total that you mm-hmm. you don't really realize can sure. do. Right. And they maybe don't need to run all the time. Some some do, but yeah, that's everybody's home configuration is different. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's something you guys get to investigate when you go out there, that's right? True. That's exactly From time right. to time I I will mention that, that we've seen Someone that may have a small space, electric space heater on to keep oh, their yes. well pump from freezing oh. and say, Oh, I forgot to turn, turn this off. Mm-hmm. So when and we start. That can be dangerous. Yes, it could be. Yeah. And also, you know, it's using, it's heating when Constant. it shouldn't. Yes. And those pull, oh, wow. uh, can pull 1500 watts. Wow. And that can be yeah. 36 kilowatt hours per day there. And mm-hmm. we have seen those from time yeah. to time. That that's that's a good thought. That's something that it's easy to store away, and mm-hmm. you know you did it mm-hmm. as a preventative to mm-hmm. be smart. But then you know, yeah, life has a way of of uh, accumulating on you without you thinking. Now you guys have seen some pretty extreme situations with water heaters, haven't you, over the years? Do do you have maybe one example that you can tell us about? You know, a, a situation that a water heater caused a problem, or maybe you identified it from the office, and maybe even the co-op member didn't realize that and then you had to go tell them about their water heater blowing up or say we we actually had one the other day i think brooke actually caught it on the report okay that showed extreme usage yes she actually she pinpointed the date that the issue started Mm. so we talked to the member we scheduled the energy audit we go out Brooke is going inside to check some register temperatures and okay. do the thing, check yeah. the thermostat, see what they have it set on. I walk around and open up the crawl space and there's the water heater. Hot water is gushing out of the pressure relief valve. Oh, there's no. not a pipe leak, uh-huh. but this has been going on for some time based on her report. Oh, no. And the members actually did not know that that was happening. How? You know, I guess they just, if they had well, opened up the crawl space door, oh, no. I think it pays uh, at least monthly, open it. If yes. you have a crawl space or access right. to look underneath, yes. and I think Brooke may have mentioned it, but check that periodically. That yes. way you can see any water leaks. And if you do have a water leak that can affect uh, your well pump, it could be on and also an element of your water heater. So you've got a lot of energy lost there. Well, then you also have damage to your home. True. You know, yeah. you could be, well, besides moisture. the moisture, yes. you know, that's building up in potential, you know, mildew and mold and, you know, that could be a real 
problem. Yes. Uh, but that's, yeah, to have active water going. Uh, it's wonderful that you caught that and that, you know, we have the ability to have this data so that we can help our members before they even realize what's going on. They would have noticed it at the end of the month, though, I'm guessing when they got their bill right. and said, oh, no, and then maybe picked up the phone. But, um, yeah, we that's a wonderful proactive service that, that you guys offer to our members. Okay, well, Brooke and Paul, you gave me a wonderful example of your proactivity here in the office, taking those data analytics and figuring out there's got to be a problem somewhere and then going to the house and identifying, in this case, a water heater, you know, issue. How, how can somebody on, on their side, on the member side, try to prevent this from happening? Is there a way that they can be alerted themselves and not rely, I mean, it's wonderful to have you to rely on, but how can they know about it? We do have um, text or email alerts that you can sign up for. Um, you can do a high usage alert where you can pick a kilowatt hour amount or a dollar amount you would like to be notified. Just say, if my bill daily usage goes over $6, I want to be notified, or whatever you would like that standard to. Um, we actually like the daily um, energy usage alert. We we definitely recommend that one as well. You can actually do both if you want to. Um, but it sends you a text or email notification to let you know every day what you're using in oh, kilowatt hours okay. and in, in approximate dollar amount. So um, you can know both ways. Um, and then that way you can kind of get an idea of, I usually use around $5 a day yes. on any given day. Right. But if it went up to $15, whoa, something's going something on. Something happened. I need to start checking something. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, a good That's example, great. we we see dif- different examples of that a lot of times, too. Uh, members will call after they've signed up and say, hey, I got an alert. Can you look at my usage? We'll be glad to do that at any time just to kind of give you peace of mind to say, no, everything looks okay. Or what about at about 10 o'clock this morning? Mm-hmm. What happened? Did yeah. something change? And we can kind of okay. pinpoint, narrow down day yeah. or hour that it changed. Um, so the text or email alerts uh, for the daily usage or the high usage um, is a very good idea that you can be proactive yourself um, and notifying. That's, that's, uh, and I will tell you, I am ignorant about my own, you know, personal energy consumption. So if we had a member who said, I really don't know what to set that threshold mm-hmm. at, could they call you yes. and say, hey, can you help me figure out what would be a good threshold to get an alert for? Yes, exactly. We okay. can look at that um, that data information that we get from our meter um, or your meter and um, look at that and see what's your average, mm-hmm. um, what do you usually use every day, and we look at seasonal too. So yes. in the winter, you may use change. a little more than in the summer or vice versa. So we can right. kind of look at that and go, I think you need to be around this amount yes. and then set it for that. And we can always change it. You can actually go online and to the member service portal and you can make those changes wow. as well. Okay, that's great. So you can do it yourself mm-hmm. too. Okay, that's that that provides a lot of assurance, I think, for our members. Well, I wanted to transition here and just mention before we go that we have a promotion going on right now that's a, a new program that we're rolling out to our members. As a matter of fact, we started it on July 11th, and it's called Connect to Save. And it's something that other co-ops in North Carolina are doing, uh, too, in addition to Randolph Electric. Um, But we're rolling this out to our members and saying, hey, if you have an all-electric home, and, you know, that means electric water controls and electric heat, uh, HVAC and air, then um, contact us if you're interested in a smart thermostat. So can you take it from there a little bit and just explain a little bit about what that is and how to sign up for it? how to learn more about it. Yes, um, Connect to Save, um, it actually will use your smart thermostat um, to help reduce your energy usage um, without sacrificing your comfort. Um, the um, 
these events, they lessen the demand on the energy grid, which helps the environment. It helps um, keep our energy costs low for the entire community. Um, most members won't even notice the difference. Um, they have what they call events where they can control your thermostat um, for a maximum of, I believe it's three degrees, that you will see a difference in um, during select peak periods yeah. um, during summer or winter or, you know, whatever uh, season that we may be in. Right. Yeah. Um, so during these events, Connect to Save will actually adjust the thermostat by that targeted three degrees. So we don't have to do anything. So let, let's pretend like I'm the I'm the member, right, at, at my home. And so I what I do is I go to our website and I say, let me find Connect to Save. And it, it's on our website. You just click there and it'll ta- it'll show you the phone number to call or the play, it'll, there's an online portal also where you can sign up for all these things. Okay, and the promotion we have right now, there's a free Ecobee uh, thermostat. You can get a, an even fancier Ecobee thermostat for a discount. That's right. <laughs> um, and then there's a water heater, uh, I think a gift card of $50, a Visa card, um, if you want to get water heater controls, which we definitely would, we see a benefit for that. So so let's say that I do that. I've decided, okay, I'm going to make an appointment. I'm going to have um, the installer come to my home. It's not Brooke and Paul, it's, but it, it, this bona fide person in uniform is going to come and they're going to install the connect to save device in your home or devices. Um, okay. And so then it's, it's July right now. It'll be, it'll be August soon. It's hot, hot day, five o'clock, four o'clock. It's really starting to get hot. And I have signed up to be a part of this peak control period. And I've got my temperature set at, let's say, uh, 72. Okay. So during that time, if I were really paying attention, I might notice that it might go up to 75. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair assessment of what That's might right. happen? Okay. Yes. And then when that peak period's over, so maybe by, I don't know, 8 o'clock, it might be earlier than that, or rains or whatever, then my I don't have to do anything. I don't even have to think about it, but the thermostat's going to do it by itself. That's the smart part of it. Right. Is that That's right? That's exactly right, yes. Right. And the peak periods during the summer are usually typically between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Okay. Um, and if you needed to opt out, you do have an option to opt out of, I believe it's five. Yes. Um, controls. Five control per year? Per year. Okay, per year. So, like, I could say when the whole family was over last night for the birthday party that we had. You can't. And we had elderly people there. Mm -hmm. We had, you know, young children, you know, and we needed to have, I I would probably have overridden the controls. Right. Smart controls. Circumstantially, you, you can do that. But for the most part, um, you won't notice that difference unless you're having an event or something yes, like that where you right. would need to do that. Um, and then with the um, with the water heater control, um, that it's another option that you can do. And you mentioned the fifty dollars by enrolling in the water heater control, you do get a fifty dollar gift card. But you do have to do both, so you have to do the thermostat control and the water heater control to get the gift card. To get the gift card, right? Yes. Um, and okay. so what the water heater control is. Um, it will turn your electric water heater off at peak times, but it still monitors the temperature within the tank. Um, okay. So if um, while your water heater is turned off, the hot water stored in the tank drops to a certain temperature, the control will override the cooperative's control period and then turn your water heater back on. Okay. Um, so it's got that smart intelligence too. Yeah, so right. with the water heater, you probably would never even notice. Okay. Kind of does that override nice. itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. That's uh, – you – 
you guys, when you interact with our members, do, a lot of folks probably don't notice a whole lot about their water heater unless something's really wrong. That's right. Um, well, yeah, that's a great benefit to have that, and, and it's peace of mind. So um, we've had a very good response to rolling out this program thus far. People are really on board, and uh, that's wonderful because, you know, automatic benefit is it saves you money. That's right. right. So it's more money in your pocket at a time when everybody could use that. But in addition to that, it's also helping the grid a little bit, too, by not pulling on the grid quite so much and in a way that's mostly invisible. And if you need to, you know, it needs to be visible to you, you can do that up to five times a year. So opt out. That's that's a, that's a very flexible program. So um, just, again, if our members are interested in that, that's the Connect to Save program. And just go to the Randolph website, which is randolphemc.com. And or you can call us. You can call your local office in Asheboro or Robbins, and um, we'll we'll help you figure out how to do that. So you can talk to real people, but we'll um, we'll get you in that appointment setting process to get that going at your home. Well, thank you so much, Paul and Brooke, for being here with me today to talk about how to stay cool during hot temperatures uh, and how to keep your bill from getting too hot to handle. Right. Um, so I, I just really appreciate you being here with us today, and uh, thank you for all you do for our members. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was another edition of our podcast, and I look forward to talking to you in the near future. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Randolph EMC Reconnect. We look forward to bringing you more engaging content in the future.